0: C.C. Michael, host of All Things Alberta, a podcast that knows that Alberta will be better off on her own, and we really don't care what people east of Saskatchewan thinks about it. Let's get after it. Good morning. Welcome to, I think it's episode 16. It's been a while episode 16 of uh, all things Alberta. I'm your host CC Michael. Um, Where to start? Um, Today I'd I'd show you my notebook. Usually I have a notebook and I've got all of my notes in it and I want to make sure that I'm getting everything right and that I keep on track. I have a tendency to go off on various rabbit trails without without a notebook, without kind of a a clear guideline as far as where I want to go. But I I don't have one today. And uh, it's been a while since I've done a show. And uh, I want to explain maybe, I'll I'll start today's show with maybe explaining why. I've said before that one of the important things that I want to do on this show is, is to be able to think through some issues. Um... And whether that's Alberta separation, or it really doesn't matter what the topic is. I've always wanted to make sure that that this would, would be a place where I could think through some issues, and, and maybe you, the listener, could give some feedback, help me think through these things, make sure that we can keep one another, you know, reasonable, and... So for the last, I don't know. You know what? I think it's probably been almost three weeks since my last show, and I wanna, I wanna, I guess in a way apologize for those of you that have uh, tuned in. I know uh, some of you have have checked in to see if if I'm still alive, st- see if I'm still doing shows. When's the next show? I appreciate uh, I appreciate the uh, enthusiasm. Um, with that being said. Let me take you down kind of a a trail as far as what my thinking was. Um, I'm COVIDed out. I really don't want to talk about COVID anymore. Um, even though I guess it's very relevant still with uh, what's going on in Alberta. We're about to this week, I think. We're about to open everything back up um, to some extent. I don't know. I, I I don't even pay attention anymore. My life hasn't really been affected that much except for being super annoyed when you know going shopping and uh and uh having to follow arrows i've never been so stressed out just trying to shop before it's just dumb i'm getting to the point where i'm i don't even want to go out people are driving me crazy but i am truly coveted out and so what what else was there to talk about well um it started with a uh uh, Calgary City Council uh, debating and uh, eventually passing uh, a bylaw, I guess you would call it, because it's only applicable to the City of Calgary, a bylaw with regards to conversion therapy. It passed 14 votes to one against. Um, and uh, and I one day, probably not today, but one day I want to actually take... Take you, the listener, Christian or non-Christian alike, why that is a big, big deal. It's actually a huge deal. Um, more concerning is the fact that it looks as though Trudeau's Liberal government federally is looking at uh, the Calgary city bylaw as a foundation to pass one nationwide. Um, this is a this is a major issue, and. Uh, I wanted to talk to somebody, I'd like to get a guy like Jojo Ruban, who uh, is a local uh, in the Calgary area, and, and uh, he went and actually spoke at city council uh, as someone who was trying to open the eyes of city council people as far as the ramifications for passing this ill-worded bylaw, what it means. Um, Some of the comments being made by city councillors were disturbing. Um, The wording of the law itself, of the bylaw itself, is vague. Vague is never good for a variety of reasons. Obviously, the more vague something is, the more ways it can be abused in interpretation. And I wanted to possibly look at doing something there, but before... Okay, let me back up so welcome to a show with me without notes this is going to be probably all over the place um so let me back up just a little bit i've said from the beginning that that um i am uh, what you would probably call a natural emotional not thinker i'm emotive meaning um growing up i had a temper uh I was someone who felt first thought second Uh, I'm impulsive I have a tendency to be impulsive it can get you into trouble so I would say for the past 15 years I've been married for 20 years this year and uh, my wife is the calm rational one and uh, I am not but the wonderful thing about being married to such a woman as she is that she has taught me much with regards to um how to maybe take a step back maybe rather than blowing up rather than getting upset rather than uh going off the deep end how about you just take a step back collect your thoughts really think through what you're thinking and then express yourself in a way that you know i think she used the term this is how mature adults do it um God love her. She's a wonderful lady. She's taught me much. I've really worked hard in the last probably 15 years to to start doing that. And so I don't want to be like many others who jump on Twitter, jump on Facebook, jump on YouTube, jump on their podcast and start ranting and raving about stuff that they really don't know about. They only know half the story or even... If it is something legitimate and you have all the pieces of information, or at least you think you do, but you're super upset that maybe that's still not the best time to, you know, maybe go public with your, with your thoughts. And so while I was trying to wrap my head around that, uh, city bylaw and the ramifications for that, uh, along comes the george floyd incident and 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 that's really taken the world for a loop and in in many ways as i was thinking through the the george floyd incident it 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 takes you down rabbit trails just thinking trying to think deeper about about all the issues going on it takes you down rabbit trails, which in, in and of themselves will take hours upon hours to actually put meat on the bones and kind of flesh them out and, and try to make sense of them and see the connections between between everything. Because there are connections between lots of the ideas and theories and reasons and so forth and so on and so on. And, and maybe I'll get into some of those today. Maybe I won't. I... I Basically, I have no idea what I'm going to cover today, but I'm I'm trying to take you through the process of why it's been three weeks since my last show. So as I'm thinking through the George Floyd incident, further incidents happen. um, The United States starts to burn. Riots happen, marches happen, um, some peaceful, most not and uh, people die. People of color die. And, and it's amazing to me how one life means X. But over here, because of the rioting, because of the, the uh, marches, at least 12 people, as far as I know, at least 12 people have died. No one seems to want to talk about that. Um, then you can link that back to the double standard of, I thought we were in a COVID crisis, but suddenly now it's cool uh, is, when it comes to, um, I don't want to say legislation, but but legislators in the U.S. and Canada and, and across the world, it seems like they, they're jumping on this bandwagon of saying it's a healthy thing for us to let people march for Black Lives Matter, for a for lack of a better term. Um, and But if, if we have a COVID crisis, we have a COVID crisis. No one seemed to care too much about the mental health of people that are cooped up, seniors especially, um, that weren't allowed to leave, can't visit family. Uh, how about the mental health of people that um, couldn't visit their loved ones who were dying in a hospital, couldn't visit them? People died alone. You know, it's, it's just a lack of, of consistency that's the problem and I'm not saying I have all the answers but I do want to point out the lack of consistency there so anyway um, the world is burning and then um, you you see further issues and those further issues are there's so many Um, what affected me well (laughs) maybe I'll address this a little bit I've noticed for years for decades that Canadians like to think of ourselves as, as nice people we're polite people all that other stuff and maybe I've I've said this before to some of my listeners who who I, I might be personal friends with I know you've heard me rant about this before um, this would be much more entertaining if I had a scotch in my hand but um, this idea that Canadians are somehow Wonderful, kind people. Um, we're really not. We're not. We're no different than anybody else. And one of the ways in which that manifests itself is, is that we often look to our neighbors to the south, often with disdain. Um, the number of Canadians who have elitist attitudes with regards to the U.S. is kind of shocking. Um, I. I call it we we as Canadians have have uh, what is that little brother syndrome, you know? Like we're too busy screaming up and down, wanting wanting the attention of the the bigger brother, um, acting like a petulant child sometimes, where we'll ridicule the older stronger brother to make ourselves feel better. And I see lots of uh, online conversations it doesn't really matter where Um, we in Canada tend to have a very elitist attitude when it comes to the US we think we're better than they are Uh, I think I have a couple US listeners Um, let me tell you from an Alberta perspective um, Alberta is is long considered one of the most Americanized for lack of a better term uh, Americanized provinces in Canada largely because um alberta had a large settlement even my family the uh the brownings and Morrises. i come from the brownings and Morrises family and they both came up from the us and settled in alberta Uh, that happened lots so alberta already has kind of that independent streak to it which and 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 freedom streak to it which i think largely comes from An American background however um, what I'm getting at is that that Canadians tend to have an elitist attitude regarding the US we like we like to look down our noses at the US and yet and by the way so does the rest of the world and and I'm not telling Americans anything they don't already know or at least the informed ones Um, the world tends to look at the US with a bit of disdain But at the same time, what I find amazing is that a a cop kills a black man in the United States in Minneapolis, which then causes riots in Montreal. It causes marches in major cities across Canada and across the world. And suddenly our Prime Minister is adopting this rhetoric that that uh, racism is bad and Canada has a rich history in racism and this in turn is adopted by other leaders and suddenly Canada is adopting all the problems that the US faces one of the things that I've said and will continue to say is that when Alberta separates one of our options is to join the United States as the 51st state i can't express to you how much i think that's a bad idea as much as i actually like and appreciate the us i, I think it's a bad idea and the and the reason why it's a bad idea is because alberta does not have the history of racial tension in the same manner that the United States of America has with regards to uh, the black population, and by becoming the fifty-first state, we—it's not like suddenly Alberta would be this bastion inside the United States, where where uh, Alberta would be considered. Oh, this is this is the adopted the adopted state, and uh, up, in, up in Alberta, they're free of this black racial tension. not how it would work we would just be uh, part of the bigger united states picture and we would adopt ipso facto i think that's how you'd say that uh, the history of the united states suddenly alberta just becomes another problem area of of potential race relations whereas right now we don't have that and I don't know where to go from here because there's 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 two major areas that that have also in my thinking have been problematic see I just said something that that got uh, Stockwell Day fired from three major boards one of them being Telus. Um, he he was a guest on CBC's what, what, what is it? Power and Politics? Power and Politics, I think it's called. Uh, CBC knew full well what, what they were bringing Stockwell Day on to do and to say. And Stockwell Day didn't disappoint. For, for those of you that don't know what Stockwell Day said, it was after our Prime Minister... Uh, basically went on the record saying Canada has a long dark deep history of racism in in Canada and and boy we've we've got a lot to learn and and uh, we need to we need to straighten up blah 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 Stockwell Day went on and said I disagree Canada is not systemically racist Canada is a very welcoming country we always have been for for a long time now what i don't get is is if the prime minister can can take a really broad brush and paint all of canada as being racist and we've got a lot of work to do shaking his finger at us that black face indian dancing brainless wit can shake his finger proverbial finger at canada make us all feel shame for new term gaslighting maybe i'll get to that um trying to make us all feel bad about racism that to be totally honest i see very little of up here in canada or in alberta i guess i'm not that well traveled but uh, i don't see a lot of it in in alberta and so stockwell day takes the opposite brush broad brush and says "Mm, no no canada's not Systemically racist. He gets fired for trying to stand up for Canada and Canadians as being a people that, when it comes to race relations, we've actually done okay. Maybe he said good. And somehow this was worthy of being fired. So, this is my point. I am. Scared to death of saying the wrong thing, which is also why I don't have notes Call it my built-in excuse, okay, I am NOT a wordsmith. I would love to be a Douglas Wilson type of wordsmith where Where he has an eloquent and beautiful way of saying things um, Which uh, is witty and smart and He's just amazing. And I wish I could use words like that. And and but but I don't as you can see I'm I'm hardly better than Trudeau with the ums and ahs. And so when it comes to talking when it comes to thinking out loud as, as I'm doing with you, the listener. Um, I, I have to be really careful. See. And it's not just Stockwell Day. Uh, who was it yesterday? Um, the, some CrossFit, he owns a Cross, the big CrossFit company or something. I don't know. He did a stupid tweet yesterday and, and one of the guys at work told me what the tweet was and was it dumb? Yeah. Was it tone deaf? Yeah. Um, was it ill-timed? Yeah. It was all those things but uh, his major sponsors such as Reebok and others dropped him instantly dropped him, and it's their right to drop them i suppose but what you're seeing is is a what has been called a cancel culture in which if you do not hold to the orthodoxy i'll put it another way in non-religious terms if you don't hold to the zeitgeist the spirit of the age the the way the wind is blowing if if, if you're not on board with that um, you are persona non grata um, let's just say you lose all your white privilege something else i want to get to i don't know if i'll get to it today we're 20 minutes in and i'm not even sure what the show is about yet So. When when you're seeing these things going on, here's another example. I get on uh, Sportsnet. There was a couple things on Sportsnet. When, and I get it because there's no sports going on, right? No one, no one but the Bundesliga or Korean baseball is, is actually up and operating. So there's not a whole lot to talk about. And then this whole George Floyd thing blows up. And you you can't turn on a sports app without it being absolutely full of stories about how racist uh, everybody is. And I've never seen that before. Every story is, is... We must all speak up. And before I get lambasted... Maybe I'll go back to racism. I think that's probably the smart word to go. I'll, I'll go back to racism when I, when I, start the show. How about that? The concern is that with the quickness that people are losing their jobs for saying the wrong thing, it's not a safe place. And I'm, and I even hate using that terminology because I think safe spaces are for uh, snowflakes leftist snowflakes but the the fact of the matter is is that how does one work through or think through issues if you're not allowed to ask vital questions regarding those issues there are certain premises that you just must accept as fact. And if you don't accept those, then then you need to shut up. The other aspect, of course, is that um, I am the wrong color, wrong gender, wrong religion. Um, did I forget any? Wrong color, gender, religion. To even hold an opinion about things like racism. I was accused of being a racist yesterday when I was, when I was having a, uh, a brief Twitter conversation. And I know, I know, I know. is not the place to have conversations but what what is driving me crazy with regards to some of the stuff that i'm seeing is just the absolute blind um devoid of facts assumptions presuppositions that people are holding to and not thinking clearly about anything And, and for me the point is, I want to pursue truth wherever that truth leads me, that's fine, I, it is what it is. But in order to find truth, in order to uh, have the best understanding and knowledge, requires asking questions, it requires asking tough questions. And here's so I'm listening to 31 Thoughts, see how this goes just one rabbit trail after another. I'm listening to 31 Thoughts. I don't remember the name of the woman that Elliot Friedman interviewed. She is a black woman in charge of like social media or something for the NHL. I, you get the point. It, it, anyway, they're interviewing her and she said something that rang true, but at the same time, alarm bells went off in my head. And, and she said something along the lines of We need to be ready to have tough conversations. And I couldn't agree more. In fact, that whole interview, there had to have been 95% of it. I was, I was 100% on board with 95% of it. I, There are difficult conversations that have to be had. But here's the issue that I ran into. Here's the, here's the warning bell that went off in my head. And that was, I wonder what she means by that. Because she never really elaborated too much on what that means but i think in that context and it's not the first time i've heard I, i've heard that expression we need to have tough conversations and in those particular contexts that it's all the same context essentially and the context that comes to my mind when i hear somebody say that whether it's somebody from the woke left or somebody from uh, a minority background when when i hear that expression we need to be ready to have tough conversations is that we have to be willing to say something stand up to um white people the patriarchy just just pick one of the intersectionality groups that that is out there um using cultural marxism as our lens because that's exactly what most of this stuff is is cultural marxism and that we are so as a as a white man christian cisgender someone's gonna have to explain to me one day what a cisgender is um that when when someone says that it's time to have tough conversations that means what i understand that to mean is that uh i'm going to do a whole lot of listening i'm going to shut my mouth i'm going to do a whole lot of listening and i'm not going to ask questions i'm just going to listen to all the ways in which white people are bad or how white people are racist how have i come to that conclusion well (laughs) Just look around you. Um, I don't. I don't know to what extent other people feel as frustrated as I do. Um, but I'm kind of sick and tired of of the gaslighting. There's a new term for us, new to me anyway. Gaslighting is essentially a term in which, when someone or some group. Uh, opines or tries to make another person or group feel responsible for something that they know they're not guilty of doing so in this case this would be this would be um we'll use systemic racism as as the gaslighting term and that as a white person i need to feel guilty about my white privilege and um and i need to feel shame for being white and i need to feel shame for the fact that some white person somewhere down the line uh, of my ancestry which by the way I have you can go back as far as you can in my ancestry I'm I am just as likely to have my ancestors have been a slave as to, we were we were poor Scots for crying out loud <laughs> there's no proof that that my family, ever owned slaves. Not saying they did, not saying they didn't. I'm just saying there's no proof. If, if somebody would read a damn history book, they'd realize that slavery has been around forever. Chattel slavery has been around forever. There's still chattel slavery today. Much of it of a sexual nature. Um, not that it always wasn't. But regardless, if you read a history book, you will notice that um, whites were slaves. The very term slave comes from the Slavic people who were famously enslaved all the time. Last I checked, Slavic people are white. Um, Blacks, in africa enslaved one another unpopular or not native americans enslaved one another Um, it's part of our fallen history it's been with us forever and it is an evil absolutely it is an evil and it needs to be eradicated it still needs to be eradicated where was i going see and now i lost i lost my point anyway we go down these we go down these roads, and and oh sorry I know what it was we were talking about uh, we were talking about gaslighting, so because I'm white I need to feel guilty about about um, I don't know being white, and we've seen that we, uh, there's been a couple of super disappointing uh, instances here in Alberta so here's all things Alberta. Uh, where Edmonton police, and I believe, I'm not sure if Calgary police did the same thing, but but Edmonton police did. Edmonton police, at the behest of the Black Lives Matter crowd that was marching, shouting at Edmonton police officers to take a knee. And they did. Um, that's gaslighting. Those Edmonton police officers did not kill George Floyd. Those Edmonton police officers uh, are being held responsible for something somebody in a different country did that was illegal. And suddenly it's become this hashtag movement, defund the police. I can't... See how these these go? Like it's just one after another after another, where you you can't even possibly entertain one subject without stumbling into another one that just drives you crazy. Defund the police. I've never heard of a more stupid idea. I saw on Twitter a, a lady. Now, uh, granted. Um, I'm just going by her avatar picture it looked like it it wasn't a cartoon it was an actual picture and the picture was of a black lady so I'm assuming that this woman um, who had a I don't know four or five tweets in a row explaining the good and why we should defund the police And all I could think of was the entire time is if all your premises are true that that uh, white privilege is something real and that all the white or all the power and all the wealth are with white people, white communities, and you want to defund the police, who do you think that is going to hurt? What people do you think under the premises given? And I believe some of them are correct enough. Who do you think defunding the police is going to hurt? It's not going to be the rich communities. It's not going to be the rich white folk. The rich white folk will hire security guards. And the rich white folk will, will have, you know, some entourage of armed people with them all the time. And, uh, and, and they'll be fine. Why? Because they can afford, they can afford the security. Who is going to be hurt most by it? Those that can't afford private security. And so, talk about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So, <laughs> I don't know how many police I could look it up, but let's take let's take uh, the city of Calgary. City of Calgary is 1.2 million people, I think. Um, as far as I know, there's about 3,300 police officers. Um, police officers are heavily screened when they are hired uh, as, a, uh, as our most municipal big city municipal uh, jobs but especially those in uh, in the emergency services or or uh, front line like police uh, dispatchers that sort of thing. There's a lot of hoops to jump through, and it usually takes. Uh, it's not unheard of that that the process of getting hired takes over a year. You have to take a. You have to take a lie detector. You are. There's a lot of hoops to jump through, and it's not easy. But you're not always going to catch them all, and that's just the way it is. In any walk of life, you're going to have people that are, not just a little evil, but they're bad people. Put it that way. They're bad people. And there is no way to weed them all out. doesn't matter the process. And I think big municipalities like Edmonton and Calgary especially do their utmost. They do their best to weed out, we'll call them the undesirables, for whatever reason they're undesirable, right? But they're basically trying to hire good, ethical, upstanding in policing calm would be one i don't think i would ever get hired as a police officer because um, uh i i think my temper even though as i get older uh, i think my temper would get in the way i i I don't think i have the patience i know that about myself i don't have the patience to be a police officer i just i just shake my head And, and i find it amazing watching police officers in action and they're so calm, even even as they're being abused, as they're being yelled at, spat at, whatever. The level of self-control that I've seen police officers have is truly amazing. Good on them. Are they all going to be like that? No. You're going to get the odd one that sneaks through that, that uh, maybe has a short fuse, or maybe you've got somebody who's a good candidate, but... Uh, you know, police work takes its toll, I wouldn't want to be a police officer, man. For you cops out there, you have my respect, because I couldn't do your job. I I absolutely couldn't do your job. And the fact that um, the divorce rate amongst police officers is extremely high, and that's primarily because of the job itself. It just adds a whole layer of stress on things that... uh, Um, family life. It just takes a toll on family life. And so what I'm getting at is that police can have bad days and police can do stupid things just like any of us. Um, But when we've got police officers taking a knee before a mob, that's mob rule. And it's gaslighting in that these police officers felt that they needed to uh, be responsible for something that happened in a totally different country that had nothing to do with them. Um, this is not a healthy relationship. This is not, this is not something that can be sustained. This is not even reconciliation. Um, first of all, those that marched in in Edmonton. We'll, we'll go Edmonton because I know for a fact, for sure, it happened in Edmonton. I'm not sure about Calgary, but I know it happened in Edmonton. That those people that marched in Edmonton um, did. <laughs> they weren't george floyd they weren't in minneapolis they weren't there and yet they they took it upon themselves to seek justice for george floyd in a different country because the color of his skin and march in a city that is uh, how many 1500 miles away in a different country and then suddenly projects the guilt of one officer let's go to for sake of argument, let's go four. Let's just blame all four, although as the story comes out, two of them I, I don't I don't blame. Two I do, two I don't. However, let's say all four. Um why the guilt of those four officers in Minneapolis is projected onto officers in Edmonton, Alberta is nonsensical. It makes no sense. And the very fact that worldwide people are that now turning on the p- police for an injustice that happened in another country uh, is insane. It, it makes no sense. And this whole idea of defunding the police is asinine. I have no other words for it. Like, uh, this is going to help how? Um, the relations between police and and the citizens how how are they going to get better i police you are not on an even level relationship wise when you take a knee before the mob nobody does that's the point nobody does this is not reconciliation anyhow racism I've been going on for 40 minutes, and so this is where, this is where my head's been at. It's, it's taken me 40 minutes just to describe how I've got to where I am today and, and, and how and why I'm even talking about these subjects. Um, I, I work for two organizations. I have two jobs. Um, one, I feel fairly confident in that if a leftist mob decided to um dox me for lack of a better term all these new words it's weird um that that they would stand by me the other one I think I'd be thrown under the bus faster than you can blink and so it it doesn't it doesn't matter what I say if I if I end up on the wrong side of this, or it's even perceived I'm on the wrong side of this, I, I'm potentially in a lot of trouble. And that's where the frustration comes in, because what does one do once one feels that they can't, they're no longer allowed to speak, when they are no longer allowed to think? It, it shuts down, it shuts down Communication It shuts down conversation. So the very thing that, that many people want is that tough conversation. Um, I, I don't believe that they really want a tough conversation. They want to air their grievances, and they don't want any pushback whatsoever. That's, that's not a conversation. That's a monologue, kind of like I'm doing here today. This is a monologue. I wanted to have a guest on. Uh... Have a a dear brother he used to be a uh, fellow elder at uh, at our church, um, Arthur. Uh, I talked to Arthur about being on the show. He's from Mexico City, moved to Canada when he was uh, I think fourteen. Um, so he's an immigrant. Get along with them, great, but uh, he he would be able to be someone who could speak intelligently about about the things that we're talking about today. But unfortunately, I, I felt that it, maybe it wasn't wise. For a couple of reasons, and, and Arthur will laugh at this, uh, Arthur has a, a, a way of, of uh, finding his own trouble. Um, he is a very knowledgeable and opinionated man who um, is not shy about about sharing his opinions. Um, and And I would encourage him and others to carefully, uh, speak about that, which is important. Um, but what I didn't want to do is, is get him on the show and, and me potentially get him in trouble. I'm not interested in getting him in trouble. Um, and so I I decided that maybe I'd, I'd bring him on another day when things have calmed down, whenever that might be. Uh, it's unfortunate that, that we even have to go that far. It's unfortunate that I am nervous sitting here before you today trying to choose my words very, very carefully. I don't have notes because if I had notes and I said something inappropriate, if I had notes to show, that would show that I put a lot of thought into these things and I even wrote them out and I had time to come to the conclusion that it's not just a misspeaking. Right now, I could use the excuse of, well, I misspoke there, or I, you misinterpreted what I said, or that's not the thought process, and I know these are built-in excuses, but, but anyone watching this, or especially those that know me, can see the wheels are turning now. and I'm, I'm literally thinking out loud. I just used literally wrongly. Anyway, 45 minutes. You know what? I'm I'm gonna leave it there today. I've said a lot, I've said a lot. Yet I feel like I haven't said anything. Isn't that amazing? Never wanted to be that guy. However, here we are. Here's show 16. Um, I want to thank you for your patience. I know I've got some new listeners out there that have uh, sent me messages uh, messages of encouragement. I want to thank you. Uh, I thank you, the listeners. the, the fact that you encouraged me to keep going some of you have sent some some stuff to help me in my thinking which is which is great i appreciate that keep them coming um, yeah i appreciate you and uh, stay safe out there and uh, tread lightly tread carefully we'll see you again